This is the My Child Will Thrive podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Hi, everyone. Today, I have on the My Child Will Thrive podcast, Tanya Harris. Tanya is a board-certified holistic nutrition and graduated from Hawthorne University with a Master of Science in Holistic Nutrition. She's also a graduate of Eastern Illinois University, where she received her Bachelor of Science in Elementary Education. Uh, As a childhood leukemia survivor and now the mother of three, one with multiple learning disabilities, including ADHD, Tanya's path has led her to a mission of helping parents learn how both diet and common toxins in the home can affect their child's health. Tanya, I couldn't be more excited about having you on the podcast today because uh, we have so many common interests and also background uh, with our kids. So uh, welcome. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited and you know, any chance to work with you because we do, we have so many things in common. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, well, I uh, what I want to do is, is give people, because obviously we know each other, um, I, I want you to give everybody an idea of how you came about to be an environmental toxins expert and uh, why you do the work that you're doing right now. Sure. Well, I, I like to say my story started 36 years ago. With, um, just before my seventh birthday, I was diagnosed with leukemia. So, um, you know, did chemo, did all that stuff. And in high school and college, I was starting to be told, you know, watch what you put in your body, like watch what you eat, this and that. So when I started having kids shortly later, um, I was still careful about what I ate, but I bought these products thinking, okay, it says made for baby. So it's safe for babies and it's gentle and it's mild. So I thought I was doing the best I could at the time. Fast forward again to, um, I think it was 2006, I got a phone call from my son's teacher at school saying, he's showing some attention issues and we want to get him tested for ADHD. And I don't know if it's what I went through as a child or what it was, but something in me was just, I just said, can I have a little bit of time to think about this? I just want to go home and look look at some things and then I'll come back and we'll talk about it. And I went home, researched the heck out of everything. And this was before I got any of my real, my, my education. I was just Googling. And back in 2006, it was a little tougher, <laughs> but I found the fine gold diet and, um, a couple of other things. But one of the first things I took out were artificial colors and Benzoate preservatives. And when I went back to the school a few weeks later to talk about testing, they said, we don't even want to test him anymore. So I definitely, we didn't cure him, but, you know, we still see the symptoms crop up, but we lessened them enough that the school no longer saw the need to test them. So then I was hooked. I went back to school, got my master's in holistic nutrition, got another phone call from the school, which 
I hate phone calls from the school now. <laughs> but it was another one this time about my daughter. And so this was a, several years later, just as I was finishing up my master's degree. And um, right away, I did know she needed to be tested because I'd seen the signs since really preschool. And having taught and had my degree in elementary education, I knew something was up. But hers came back with multiple learning disabilities and ADHD, and it's been such a struggle. So I decided to do my thesis on um, toxins and food for ADHD and really just dove right in thinking if it helped my son, it, it can help my daughter. And through all this, what I realized is it's not just what we eat, it's what we put on our bodies too, that our skin can just absorb so many things. So that was a surprise to me about how much and how much they hide on the labels. And even if we're having air fresheners or candles burning in the house, how much that can all affect all of our body systems, including our brain health. Yeah. Well, and, and that, the thing is, is that exactly what you said about we, we buy the marketing of the products and even now with, and we'll get into that a little bit more, even now with the, the greener products and the marketing still can be that they're safe and that they are toxin free. Um, but they aren't always. So it's incredibly, as I, I agree with you back in 2006, the Googling wasn't what the Googling does today. The Google is amazing. Right. <laughs> uh, you can do lots of research um, on your own, but it, it did take a lot more digging back then. And, and now that people are becoming more aware too, the marketing actually has taken off to, for the products that are supposedly safer. So, but yet we're still seeing things that aren't that safe. So th that's where it becomes so confusing and overwhelming as a parent, as you know, yes. uh, to figure out what the right thing is to really do. Um, and as you and I have talked, toxins are such a massive area to cover because of this, but you figured out a way like that you look at them in terms of breaking them down into what areas of our life we should be looking at to see if they're impacting our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to make it simple because I remember when I first started, well, first of all, sorry to my husband, but probably the hundreds, if not thousands of dollars I spent and wasted buying these products that I thought were natural. Yeah. So, um, you know, just when I started my journey, how overwhelming it was. And I went through it too, where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to toss everything and start completely over. But it really, it doesn't have to be that way. The more changes we make, the better, obviously, but even a few small changes can have a huge impact on our family's health, especially when we decide on our deal breakers is what I like to call them. Mm -hmm. So what I think of is we have learning disabilities and ADHD in our family is probably my biggest concern. So those are the ones where if there's an ingredient such as MSG in the food um, that I'm not going to buy a product with that. But I also follow like an 80-20 rule where it's like if 80% of the time I'm buying safer products. I don't have to worry about that other 20% of the time when we're out or if we're traveling and we need something and the store doesn't carry our safest, you know, our safer brand yeah. um, that we can do that too. So I like to look at it mainly instead of everywhere in the house, trying to figure out where all the toxins are, which I can get to and I can help people get there. The things I like to start out with are the things we use most. And that is um, what we put in our bodies with our food and then what we put on ourselves. So personal care products and cosmetics. And then cleaning products, because even when we're not using those, they can off-gas into the air. And indoor air pollution is can be up, you know, hundreds of times or up to 100 times greater than outdoor pollution. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's the thing we sometimes forget. Um, and we, we think that, the, that when we, you first start out, you think that the toxins are 
you know, uh, the exhaust fumes and some of the really big ones that are, have been talked about for many, many years. And they are there and they will always be there, but we have to look at the ones that we can control ourselves because we can't control all of those things. Uh, we're always going to be exposed to some degree. Um, what do you recommend? Um, and, you know, you talk about those deal breakers. What do you, how do you recommend parents go about minimizing them without getting overwhelmed and paranoid about, you know, what's in their home and what their ch children are touching or doing? Yeah, um, definitely figuring out which ingredients lead to what. So definitely educating yourself on the label. And um, actually, before I get to that, I'll get to the, the number one thing I recommend doing is taking the one or two most consumed things or most used things and replacing those first. Mm -hmm. So for instance, getting the plastic away from your food is a big one. So instead of tossing all your stuff and be like, oh my God, I got to get rid of all these plastic things. Just take your one or two most used plastic food storage containers or water bottles, toss those, recycle those, whatever, and get a safer brand. So like stainless steel or glass water bottles, glass food storage containers. Um, my daughter loves hot dogs. I hate that. <laughs> she does. So um, since to keep her happy, I just buy a safer brand of hot dog. So that's really what I think. So um, same thing with our makeup. Like I know I have a mascara that I love that's not necessarily non-toxic, I hate to say, but just to not overwhelm people, I do have a couple safer mascaras that I wear every day or I don't wear them at all. And then I save what I have for a special occasion. Because I also think the first thing we tell people is you can't ever have it again is, you know, people will kind of rebel against that or kids. I know I would. <laughs> so just basically taking a look at the top one or two, two or three if you can, and replacing those first and buying those as often as possible. Like a shampoo, for example, because we use that almost every day, or a toothpaste. Those are two really important things to replace first. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good strategy, I could think, because that. I, well, we both have teenage daughters. Mm -hmm. So um, although my daughter, I have to admit, she's super compliant, but I also don't want to make her super paranoid. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes with food. Um, it's one of the challenges that we um, go through on a regular basis. And um, also with as they the teenage girls in particular, they as they grow up and even little girls like to have nail polish or those things and to tell them that they can't ever have it, I think is 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 a lot to ask of them. So um, it's, it's a great way to go about doing things as, as getting those big, um, or as I, you know, you call them the low hanging fruit first and address them to start with. Um, I did want to dive into when it comes to, you've touched on a little bit about this, but it, when it comes to foods, um, especially what have you found in your experience, um, uh, through your research and also through your client work and your children are the, uh, you know, when it comes to the neurological symptoms, what are the biggest offenders that people should be looking out for? And what types of symptoms do we typically see when, when they're in the diet? Okay. Well, I think one of the biggest ingredients that, um, doesn't get enough attention is monosodium glutamate MSG. And it's in so many processed foods and it hides in other ingredients. So this one is really important to educate ourselves on because sometimes you'll see, for instance, on a can of soup, you'll see MSG free or does not contain MSG. But then you'll see a little symbol by that thing and you turn it over and sure enough, it says, except for that which is naturally found in this ingredient. Mm -hmm. So we've really got to educate ourselves. It hides in so many products. So, um, one of the things is that's an excited excitotoxin, which means when that's consumed, it can get 
um, the neurons in the brain can start overfiring and they just excite themselves to the point of cell exhaustion or even cell death seven, several hours later. And one of the big authors on the subject is um, Dr. Blaylock and he's got an awesome book on it. Mm-hmm. But I actually have a quote here I'm just going to read because I wrote this down. I'm like, it's too good to just kind of summarize. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he believes that the damage that MSG can damage children's brain health by affecting the development of the nervous system to the point that they may have learning and emotional difficulties later in life. So they've done some studies too, and what they found was when they gave MSG to pregnant rats um, or pregnant animals, they found that their offspring had learning difficulties similar to ADHD. Mm -hmm. And they also found the neurons in their frontal cortex were um, decreased, the numbers were decreased. And the frontal cortex is, of course, where memory and learning and mood and self-regulating behavior is. Yeah. I just really think that MSG needs to be talked about a little bit more because I don't think that that one's talked about enough. Yeah. Um, and it's sneaky. Well, but- I think that's that's one of the keys with it. So, so people, I think some people are aware of MSG being in things like, you know, it's preservative used in um, some, you know, takeout foods like Chinese food or, you know, uh, or other things like that, but they don't realize it's in a lot more places. And like you said, it's also naturally occurring in some places. So understanding where to find them is really important because you may think that you've eliminated them and you haven't. Right. Yeah. So that's a huge one for me, but a couple other ones I'll mention are ones I've talked about before are food colorings mm-hmm. and benzoate preservatives. And um, they're both linked to hyperactivity. So um, I know that was one of the things that actually lessened my son's attention issues, but they've done studies and they even did um, a study on children combining the artificial flavors with the benzoate preservatives. And they found that it brought out hyperactivity in children that don't even have an ADHD diagnosis, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. So, yeah. well, and that, I think that that just goes to show you that uh, as it does with your son is that, is there really a diagnosis there to be have, or is it really a symptom, a reaction to a food or a toxin that's in their environment? So it's a really, it's a gray area. And I think that that's why we, um, I know you do and I do, I, you know, it's about the symptoms in the end. The diagnosis is helpful in terms of some, um, some supports in school and, and also trying to figure out what to do next. But in the end, if we look at the symptoms, we can start to find um, the triggers for those symptoms and start to peel them away one by one. One of the things you just were talking about is that the benzoic um, preservatives, um, what, where do you find those typically? Um, those are found in a lot of foods too, in beverages. They're in like canned pickles and a lot of soda or pop. Um, and just a whole bunch of, I'd say mainly juices though, but juices and soda, but yeah, other things too, cause it's a preservative. So in canned and pickled items too. Wow. So that it's going to show up in lots of places. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about the personal health products? So we've talked about some of them, but what types of, I know when I, you know, I, there are a lot of people that go out there and they go to the extreme, like you said, of throwing everything out and then they try to make a whole bunch of home care products. I've given up on that myself personally. There are very few that we actually create on our own. Anyway. Right, me too. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm always looking for one that I can actually safely purchase. So what types of things um, are the big offenders typically in personal health care products like shampoo, for example, one that we are using on our kids all the time that we should mm-hmm. be avoiding? Um, I think one of the biggest ones is sulfates, like sodium lauryl sulfate. And the reason for that is because um, 
sodium laurel sulfate, which is another one I'll talk about, is so harsh that it can actually like do bad things to your skin <laughs> and hair. Um, and it's in a lot of toothpaste too, so it's another one to avoid. But um, when they convert sodium laurel sulfate into sodium laureth sulfate, which is a chemical relative, they use ethylene oxide. So it's what I call a hidden toxin because then it can become co contaminated with 1,4-dioxane, which is a probable cancer causer and um, is linked to organ system toxicity. So that's a big one. Um, parabens, some shampoos and some things have several parabens and those can act as endocrine disruptors. Mm. And the short version of an endocrine disruptor is the endocrine system is where our hormones are made. So um, there's hormones for everything like sleep, hunger, thyroid, blood sugar, everything. So an endocrine disruptor is a synthetic chemical that comes in and can block the hormones or mimic the hormones and can basically kind of prevent them from doing their job. So that's where you can see all sorts of things crop up, including um, neurodevelopmental system or issues. And um, so parabens are another thing. And fragrance, believe it or not, because fragrance can contain so many different chemicals and it's considered to be a trade secret. So we don't know what's in there. And the chemical society stated that there's like 3,000 different chemicals that can make up fragrance. So it could be cancer causers, endocrine disruptors, um, you know, things that are toxic to the brain and nervous system. We just don't know. So fragrance is another one that I really avoid recommending. Uh, recommend avoiding. Yeah. Well, so, and, and I think that goes to one of the things that we were now learning is that um, a lot of these chemicals that are being used in, in many different things, not just in the personal health care products or, or, or other things, they aren't being tested. Um, there's very few that the FDA um, and other agencies actually test fully before they allow them to be used commercially. And in particular, they don't test them in combination with each other. So they, we have no idea the synergistic impact of them as well. So um, that was a big eye opener to me when I first started looking at the impact of toxins. Um, we, we just assume the government is, is uh, testing these. Yeah, and it's kind of scary who's in charge of cosmetic safety because it's really the cosmetics industry itself and the FDA does not require testing of these chemicals. And then the companies are claiming, too, that they have, you know, minute amounts under the millions or billions of parts or whatever. But, you know, they're finding that some of these things, including parabens, are actually more dangerous at lower concentrations. And then not only that, we're getting so many multiple exposures per day because we might be using several different products that have parabens or anything in there. So definitely worth avoiding these things. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is that, um, you know, when you start thinking about that as, uh, you know, as nutritionists, when we look into um, some of the nutritional therapy, I mean, we're now a lot of the, the, the different um, uh, supplements that come in a topical cream, which is because it's really effective to have things uh, soak in through the skin. Like we, and we just forget about the fact that it, it is an absorption site and uh, we, we really do get a lot through our skin and that means we get a lot of bad stuff along with whatever good stuff we're trying to introduce in at the same time. Exactly. And I think the same thing with mouth because, you know, a lot of the supplements are also sublingual, which is under the tongue. Yeah. Or if you're having a heart attack, what's that medicine they have you take? The nitro. <laughs> Nitroglycerin. Yeah. 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 So when you're using a toothpaste, it has these toxins. The mouth is very, very porous with those mucous membranes that soaks right into the body really quickly. So yeah. Yeah. No, it is, it is pretty 
pretty scary that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've covered off some of the foods and some of the personal care products. What about cleaning products that we're using every day in the house? Okay. And this one's a little trickier because um, actually cleaning companies aren't made to list all of, or to disclose all of their ingredients on a label. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we're not going to know what we're looking for or what we're looking at, <laughs> but they can contain some pretty scary ingredients too, like glycol ethers, um, fragrance again. Um, let's see quaternary ammonium compounds, which can actually be formaldehyde releasers, which are another hidden toxin. And what those are really quick too, because I think this is the best guide. (laughs) One I think people should look at first is those are ones that are act as preservatives and they're put in products, but um, as they break down over time to preserve that product, they're releasing formaldehyde, which formaldehyde is a known cancer causer and toxic to just, just toxic. So Yeah, we just don't want that in our products either. Um, synthetic musts and diethylene glycol and isobutane on some of these spray things that, you know, is direct neurotoxin. So those are just some of the things. Well, so that being in mind, so one of the things I know I do at home is I do make a lot of cleaning products at home because that's actually sim- more s- simpler than I think some of the personal care products. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one of the things I will tackle. Um, what uh, do you typically recommend? Do you, are there a few cleaning products that you think you can people can create really easily just to outright replace and have to worry about those labels anymore? Yes. And I love it too, because it's so not true that we need all of these different cleaning products for all these different services. Because when I first started, I think I went down from like 20 cleaning products to three. Yeah. So it's like the house just feels better. If you know, you're not putting those toxic chemicals in the headaches go away. The respiratory issues aren't as bad. Um, so I like to make my own multi-purpose cleaner with just um, distilled water. And I always recommend distilled. So it doesn't leave like minerals behind if you're using it on glass. Um, so you can just use distilled water and vinegar as a window thing. I actually use it not on my marble or granite because that can etch, but I use it on my bathroom countertops too. And sometimes you can even add um, essential oil to it, like a lemon mm-hmm. for a little bit more disinfecting, yeah. but also to make it smell better. Um, my favorite, favorite toilet bowl cleaner is actually my carpet stain remover. <laughs> so um, I just keep a box of baking soda underneath every bathroom sink. And I do like the Costco size gallon of um, vinegar. And I just sprinkle baking soda into the toilet bowl. And then I just eyeball it. And just because I like to watch it foam to pour vinegar on top, a little bit of essential oil too in there. And um, you can leave it sit overnight or a few hours, or you can even scrub right away. And um, that's an awesome toilet bowl cleaner. Do the same thing for a carpet on a stain. Stain on a carpet was with me today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've done that kind of morning. Um, Sprinkle a little bit of baking soda on a stain and then just a little bit, don't pour it in like you do the toilet bowl, of vinegar on top of that stain and just blot it. I let it sit actually for a couple seconds and you can see the stain lifting. Wow, that's amazing. And it's so fun to watch. (laughs) It's funny as a mom, the things we get excited about. Um, The other, actually, it's funny because I was talking to um, uh, Jody Cohen about essential oils, and she also brought up the essential lemon essential oil and how great it is for things like um, uh, taking, it takes Sharpie off of things. So if your kid's a, you know, a color in all the wrong places, uh, it's a really natural way just to remove 
um, <laughs> some Sharpie uh, marks. Um, so, well, that's great. And, and uh, one of the things I love about the work that you do, you have an entire free resource library where, because um, you've been talking uh, about all these different toxins, chemical, chemical names, impacts, and everything else, hard to catch, especially on a podcast. But um, tell people where they can go to download um, your free resource library, uh, uh, where you actually have guides on cleaning products and all of these things, all the things we've been talking about today so that they can just download them and, and refer to them when they're, they're at the grocery store. Sure. Um, the guide is on my website. My website is um, slightlygreener.com. And it's being redesigned right now, but the pages should all stay the same. Um, it's the resources tab. So if you go there, um, you just enter your name and email, and then you get sent the link right away of just all of the guides. And I think I have over 40, which can be a little overwhelming, but I recommend starting with the ones I just put at the top to make it really easy to know what to start with. And those are the ingredients to avoid. So again, I broke it down into um, food, personal care products, and then cleaning products. And I just recommend downloading those to your phone so when you're shopping, you have easy label checking. And then um, I also have my Safer Brands to Buy guide, which is another good place to start. So it's just got a bunch of links to different brands that I've vetted that have safer products. And I'm adding more all the time because there's just so many good ones. The good news about all this stuff is really the companies are paying attention. And there's so many good options now, which is so exciting. So I recommend starting there. But yeah, definitely on my site, at um, look on the resources tab. Yeah, no, it's a really great resource. So I highly recommend everybody goes and checks that out because it will simplify your life quite a bit. And you, you don't have to do all the hard work that uh, Tanya's already done to research all of these things. I, um, and I agree with you. The great thing is that the tide is turning. And as long as you look at the labels and not the marketing, um, there are a lot of products that are out there that are so much better than they, they were before, um, making life a little bit easier. Uh, for everyone. And I, the other thing I love about your stuff, uh, Tanya, is that, it, you, you know, you're not telling everybody the most expensive brands because that's the easy way out. Uh, mm -hmm. You show them to uh, um, where, where they can find the less expensive ones. And actually just brought, brought to mind um, what, where, in terms of your Facebook page, where, where can they find you too? Because um, Tanya does lots of great uh, Facebook lives, which you should catch. Every once in a while, you might catch someone in a T-Rex costume, uh, <laughs> which is yeah. very entertaining uh, beyond everything else. <laughs> yeah, I think it's such a heavy topic. I like to put a little bit of humor into it because some people are like, I just don't want the information. I'm like, you yeah. will if it's a T-Rex making the product or talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I should three T-Rex costumes behind me because I have three kids. <laughs> so you'll see them usually. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen a T-Rex making um, home care products before, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that page is just um, facebook.com. Um, and then it's slash Tanya Harris MSHN. So you find it there. And I try to do daily Facebook live videos right now. Yeah. And we'll put all that on the show notes for anybody that's um, listening to this while they're driving because um, we wouldn't want you to miss out on that. So where, what, can you just tell everybody before we wrap up, where, um, like, where can they find you in terms of obviously your, your website, but what types of work are you doing with clients right now? And, and what are the things that you're working on right now to help parents? Yeah, that's, that's a big question. <laughs> I'm actually kind of redoing my business right now and I'm not necessarily working with clients, but what I'm doing is doing those Facebook videos and I have a free Facebook group where I'm 
jumping in and answering questions and doing um, that way. And um, I do have an online program I will be re-releasing soon. Um, but basically right now, I'm just working on that. And um, I have a book I'm co-authoring coming out next month. I'm working on one um, of my own that will be coming out because the one next month is co-authored. Um, but yeah, right now my business is just kind of going in a, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be re basically re-releasing the program, but right now I'm just working with the people in my Facebook group and doing all this info to get it out there. That's great. Well, which is wonderful because um, all this is accessible right now for free for, for mm -hmm. people, which is incredibly um helpful. Uh, as you know, going through all this stuff, as you said, you spend hundreds and thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of dollars investing and in helping your kids. So uh, it's mm -hmm. wonderful that there's so much available for free. Tell us a little bit about the book that you have coming out this coming uh, month. Oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's coming out um, March 27th. It'll be on Amazon. It's called Women Who Inspire. And I'm one of the co-authors of that. And I'm super excited. So it's basically 30 amazing women who have this message to share. And I don't even really talk about toxins that much in this one. It's my first kind of dipping my toe into the book writing thing. <laughs> um, but it's an amazing book with amazing women. So I basically just talk about um, actually my cancer when I was little, went through a little bit of that, had to interview my parents, which was, you know, tough, but we did it and it was awesome. Um, and then went on with the struggles with my daughter and how I started doing this, but in more detail than what I went through today. <laughs> Well, I encourage everybody to uh, pick that up. It may not be available uh, right away when we this podcast goes live, but uh, it will be there shortly thereafter. And it's called Women Women Who Inspire? Women Who Influence? Women, women yep. Who Influence. Okay, yeah. great. Well, that's great. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for taking the time to walk us through all this stuff. And uh, like I said, I hope that everybody gets a chance to go to your free resource library and download all the free guides you have there because they are incredibly helpful. I hope you've enjoyed today's interview with Tanya. I will be interviewing her as one of the experts on the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. Tanya will dive even deeper into how toxins impact our children. If you want to sign up for free, you can do that at www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. I hope to see you there. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I want to share with you the free tools I've created to help you on your journey. So head to mychildwillthrive.com forward slash library to get free access now. And as they say, it takes a village. 
Join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mychildwillthrive.com.